0: Do you enjoy our podcasts? Help us to be able to continue creating quality content by visiting our merch store at store.another12.org. You'll find some great merch there, and the best part about it is that a portion of every purchase goes to support the work that we do. Welcome to Drippings from the Honeycomb, the official podcast of Another Twelve Ministries. We are so glad that you have decided to join us as we enjoy the sweetness of God's Word one verse at a time. Should you give up sharing the gospel with people who reject it? Matthew 10.14 says, And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. These words were part of the instructions that were given to the disciples by Jesus in Matthew 10 when he sent them out on mission to give the gospel to the nation of Israel. And he gave them instructions, and part of these instructions were that wherever they were rejected, when their message and their physical presence was rejected in a town or in a house they should shake off the dust from their shoes and leave. And this would be a judgment against that place or that house or that person or family that had rejected them and had rejected their message. But where does this practice of shaking off the dust from one's feet or one's clothing even come from? Well, this was a practice that took place in ancient Israel when an Israelite would leave a Gentile land. As they entered the nation of Israel, they would actually shake the dust from their clothing as a symbolic reference to the fact that they were now entering holy territory. The land of Israel belonged to God, and they did not want to defile this chosen land, the promised land, with dirt from a non-believing nation, from a Gentile nation. And so this symbol of shaking off the dust is an extreme symbolization of holiness. It is this idea that I'm in the world, I have to be in the world as a believer, there's no other choice, that's where I've been put, but I want to keep myself pure from the stain and the dirt and the dust and the sin of the world. And so when I enter the territory of God... I shake the dust from my clothing. And so this was the symbol that was carried out by religious Israelites in the time that Jesus is giving these instructions to his disciples. And when we read these words, we have to ask ourselves, what can we learn from this passage? What is God's word conveying to us, modern believers in the modern world, through this passage, this concept of shaking off the dust when you're rejected? Does this mean that when someone rejects the gospel, we should just stop caring about them? We should no longer hope that they will turn their heart to God? We should no longer share with them? Is there a point where we stop sharing the message of Jesus with someone who has rejected it? Is there a point where we take a different approach to ministering to that person when they have overtly rejected both us and our message? To get some clarity on this and to understand it, we need to do some digging through some other texts in the Scriptures. And we know that Scripture interprets Scripture, and so even though this podcast focuses on one verse at a time, it is often necessary to look at a verse and then look at other passages of Scripture to help us fully understand what is being taught to us by a particular verse or passage of Scripture. The very first thing that we have to understand about doing missions, spreading the gospel in the world, which is something that every believer is called to, is that we are Jesus' witnesses to the world. That's what it says in Luke, that the disciples would be his witnesses to the world. And this responsibility of being witnesses of God, sharing the gospel, has extended on down to us through the church. And so now we, who are recipients of God's grace, are required by our king, by our God, to be witnesses of his gospel. Well, what does that term witness really mean? If you go to the original word, it's actually martyr the word martyr of the gospel, witness of the gospel. Now, we use the word martyr today in the English language to describe someone who has been killed, someone who has lost their life in spreading the gospel. But the reality is that when Jesus was describing this in Luke, he used the Greek word martyr. In other words, martyr is to be the description of our life. Even if we don't die for sharing the gospel, we are to die to self, we are to die to sin, and as a result, be made new by the Holy Spirit. And spend our lives not pursuing our own goals because we're going to sacrifice those goals on the altar. We're going to give them up, kill them, in a sense, if you will, so that we can spend our lives sharing the message of the gospel with those who are around us. So we can see that the meaning of Jesus' words is really that every believer is to be a martyr for the gospel, whether they actually lose their life violently or whether they give up their life willingly to spread the message of the kingdom to the world. That is the goal of every believer. And what we are sharing with them is what they do not know. When Paul was invited to speak at the Areopagus, he actually told the Greeks, listen, I'm going to tell you about a God that you don't know. And he wisely caught on this idea of seeing this altar in the city to the unknown God. And so he used this kind of jumping off point. To explain to the Greeks, listen, I know what you don't know. I have been shown what you are seeking and I can give you this information. I can share this message with you. And so as the messengers of Jesus Christ, as the witnesses of Jesus Christ, we are to proclaim this message to the world that the world does not know and introduce them to who Jesus is and what he has done for them. Now, salvation which is defined as responding to the message of the gospel, that is not our work. We don't save anybody. That work is actually attributed to the Holy Spirit. And in John 3, Jesus talks about this, how the Holy Spirit is the one who births new believers. To become a believer, Jesus says that one must be born of the Spirit. And so the Spirit plays this role in saving people. We are simply the witness. We give the message. And so it is not for us to take on the goal of convincing or persuading or anything like that. It is the goal of believers to simply bear witness to the truth that we have in God's word, and the truth of what God has done for each of us in our own lives. But as we see from our passage today, there does come a point in time when sharing the message with someone who rejects it calls for the believer to move on. And this was our verse today. We are to shake the dust off our feet and move on and continue sharing the gospel with those who have not heard. Now, this shaking the dust off of our feet, this is not a rejection. This is not us saying, you didn't accept what we had to say. You didn't accept us as who we are. We now hate you and reject you. Actually, it's far from that. In reality, it is the opposite of that. When we shake the dust off our feet and we move on from witnessing to one person who has openly and vehemently rejected us in the gospel, we do that to move on to the next person. And the shaking of the dust is actually a giving up of that person to God for the purpose of him executing his will over that person. In the context of John chapter 10, that shaking off of the dust by the disciples was actually going to be a witness of judgment against those people. But again, this was talking about the house of Israel. This was Jesus sending out his disciples to his chosen people to tell them that their Messiah had come. So we don't exactly know how God is going to handle the people that reject our message. Many, many times we'll hear stories about people who rejected the message from one person only to accept it from someone else because the Holy Spirit moved at a different time in their life. And so when we shake off the dust of rejection because someone has rejected us and our message of the gospel to them, what we do is say, Lord, this is in your hands And I'm going to continue on with sharing your message with someone new who may listen to me and may accept the message that I bring to them. And in doing so, we commit that person to God and trust that God will deal with them in the way that pleases him, whether that is to send someone else at a later time to convict them and to bring them the message that they will then accept, or whether that is that they will never accept it and that their rejection will actually constitute a judgment against them when God comes in the final day and judges all of mankind. But here is the most important part of this whole concept, and I don't want you to miss this. God has commanded believers to love those who reject them and reject the gospel. He has commanded that we love them. And this command places an unbreakable obligation on all believers to love and pray for and care about those who reject the gospel and reject them. In fact, those who persecute believers for the gospel, Jesus has commanded believers to love those people. And so we never, as believers, stop loving those who have rejected us and the message of the gospel. While we may shake off the dust and move on to continue spreading the message of the kingdom, we are never to hate anyone for rejecting us or the gospel. We are called to love them and to lift them up in prayer and to serve them and to show a witness of Jesus through our actions and to care for those people with all of our hearts, just like Jesus cared for those who rejected him. And oftentimes you will hear stories of people who have rejected the gospel for a long time and believers who had stopped witnessing to those people. But then at some point in time, God had sent a trial into the non-believer's life. And there were godly men and women who were surrounding them, who were waiting for an opportunity to show the love of God to them. And in this opportunity, they served them well. They loved them well. They let their actions be the testimony. And God used that love and care and concern and a servant's heart on the believer's part to break down the walls that had previously held out the message of the gospel. And so we are to love those who reject the message of the gospel. There is absolutely no give to this command from Jesus. It is an absolute in the life of the believer. And this is seen very clearly in the words of Jesus in John 4, where he talks about the fact that not everybody has the same task when giving the gospel in the kingdom. Some believers will plant the seed of the gospel. Some believers will water the seed of the gospel. And others will come along afterwards and will harvest the fruit that the gospel message has grown in the heart of the non-believer. And so we as believers must remember that even though there are times when we walk away from witnessing to an unbeliever who has rejected our message... That does not mean that God's final judgment on that person has been passed. And God may very well have sent us along to plant a seed but to not see any fruit. And someday later he will send along someone to harvest that fruit when it is ready. We must rest in God's sovereignty. And we must be prepared to do the work even if we are rejected and persecuted for the work that we are doing. Knowing that we do not know God's plan for that unbeliever's heart. And we should never presume, because there was a time when we were heart of heart, and were unbelievers, and believers graciously and mercifully shared the gospel obediently with us, despite our rejection, and God worked through their obedience to bring us into a relationship with himself. But the reason that Jesus gave this command was so that we as believers would not get caught up in the concept that we alone possess the responsibility or the ability to save people. We are just the witnesses. And we are not to get caught up with one person who has constantly rejected us in the gospel, just trying to persuade that person over and over and over and over again in spite of their rejection. That is not a loving response to that person. That is not having grace with that person. We must remember that once we have given the message of the gospel faithfully to them, then we are to pray for them, love them, serve them, and trust God to do His work in His time, whether we ever see fruit in their life or not. The reality is there are just simply too many people in this world who need to hear the message of Jesus for us to ever stop sharing the gospel with new people. Because the reality is that the command of God was to carry the message of Jesus to the entire world. We are to take the gospel everywhere. We are to take the gospel to everyone. And we have to keep moving in order to do that. This is nowhere more evident than in the life of the Apostle Paul, who was constantly going from place to place, never stopping, always pushing forward, always looking for someone new to share the message of Jesus with. Now, most of us will never travel the world giving the gospel like the Apostle Paul did. But even if we took our own communities where we live, our own towns of several thousand people that are constantly in flux with people moving in and people moving out, it would take a concerted effort on our part to reach every single person for the gospel in our community. We would have to spend many years giving the gospel every single day just to reach a community of 100,000 people. Even if you were to say, well, I live in a small town. My town only has 10,000 people in it. Well, in order to reach every person for the gospel in your town, you would have to give the gospel to one person a day, every single day, 365 days a year for 27 years without missing a day. And so this is why Jesus wanted his disciples to move through the towns, to move through the countryside of Judea, giving the gospel, not being hung up when someone rejected them, but saying, that person is in the hand of God, and I entrust God to deal with them according to his own will. They have heard the message from me. They have rejected the message from me. Now I will go on and give the message to someone who has not heard the message before. And this can be really challenging, especially when it comes to giving the gospel to people we care about, like family members and friends. Remember, this does not mean that we ever give up on someone who has rejected the gospel. But what it does mean is that we do not delay the mission of giving the gospel to new people who have not heard, because all of our efforts are focused on trying to persuade in our own power someone who has already rejected the gospel. Only the Holy Spirit can change that person's heart, and we must trust God's outcome for their life and go on with the mission that he has given us to bring the gospel to the entire world. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drippings from the Honeycomb. If you would like to learn more about Another Twelve Ministries and the work that we are doing to train youth ministry leaders to bring the gospel to young people, visit another12.org. If you would like to support our ministry, click on the donate link in the description below.